How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Theo Live, episode 17. 17. It keeps on rolling. How's your Monday going? I'm doing this a little bit early, so I know that might throw off some of the people who are usually here in the live chat. Um, but here's the thing. When uh, you want to live stream during the day so you can hang out with your wife uh, in the evening, uh, you, you gotta you gotta live stream when that baby's sleeping. And he, he went to bed a little early. Actually, kind of funny. Uh, John Adams, if you're gonna watch this on the replay or if you're here live, uh, she fell asleep to your video <laughs> about the Legacy Standard Bible. Uh, he fell asleep uh, to uh, that video. So I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I was watching that. And it was really good, by the way. Real buttery smooth. If you don't know who... John Adams is John Adams Ministries is his YouTube channel. It's pretty good. And he did a video about the Legacy Standard Bible today. And uh, interesting video. You should go check it out if you're interested in Bible translations. Definitely go check that out. It was a really good video, but uh, my kid fell asleep while watching it. And so I blame him for going a little bit early. Uh, but, you know, I guess it was me who put it on, right? So whose fault is it really? Anyways, uh, got a lot of stuff going on today. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about church shopping um, because there are a lot of people who are looking for a good, healthy church, and uh, that's a big problem right now. Where are they? How do you find them? How do you know if this church that you're going to visit, uh, maybe like, should I visit it first off? And then once you go, how do you, how can you tell? whether this is a church that you actually want to commit to, because you never know what's going to be going on. Jeffrey hopping in here and saying, good morning, good morning to you too. It's good to see you here, man. Uh, also, hey, check this out. Let's, let's go over here. Uh, look at this. I don't know if you can see that right there. 600. We just passed. I just passed. Ah, I always fall for it. That stupid thing YouTubers do of saying we for everything. It's not we, it's me. It's just me here. I do all the stuff. Uh, and I just passed 600 subscribers here on YouTube. And here's the thing. You might be looking at that and being like, dude, that's not that much. It's not that big a deal. Uh, what, you know, why are you like showing that off? It's not a prideful thing. It's a thing of like that, that just helps me to keep going. Like YouTube is kind of hard. Like when you're first starting out at least, uh, like some of you guys, a lot of you guys actually who watch this thing are fellow YouTube content creators, pastors who want to make content for their congregations or just for the world. And, uh, you guys know that the struggle is hard when you, you've been going for a while. And so any kind of milestone, you need to celebrate that. You need to be happy about that. It's an awesome thing that 600 of you guys uh, have looked at my channel, looked at the content, and are like, yeah, I like this stuff. I'm going to hit subscribe. I'm going to watch some more of this guy. Uh, so I appreciate it. And everyone who is here in the live chat and going to be watching it on the replay, I appreciate you. Uh, Jeffrey hopping in again and saying, congrats, man. I only have 22. Hello, L. <laughs> hey. You know, that was me for a very long time, Jeffrey. It takes a long time to like build up any momentum on this platform. So every subscriber is a victory, really. So 22, that's awesome, man. And you never know. You never know what's going to happen, how many people are going to watch that next video that you put out, right? Uh, so... I don't know who's going to watch this one, to be honest. Uh, I know that there was quite a few questions that I've gotten over the last six months or so of, you know, can you do a video about finding a good church? What should I look for? So I'm hoping that those people will be helped by today's discussion. And if you're a pastor, like here's some of the things I think you guys need to be thinking about when it comes to those visitors who are going to be hopping in and, you know, just checking out your service and some of the things that you need to do to even get some visitors coming in, I think this is going to be a helpful conversation for you as well. But before we do that, I also want to point out something that I've been working on uh, because a few of you guys have said, hey, Dean, you should really make this into a podcast. You know, not everyone's here on YouTube. 
Um, have you thought about making like an audio version and putting it into a podcast? Uh, you guys have been saying that for a long time, actually, and I finally got around to it. Uh, so, uh, I think it's not on iTunes yet. It's on Spotify and a few other places. Uh, but, uh, Theo live is the name of the podcast and you can go and find it on Spotify in, in the next couple days, I'm sure it'll be there on iTunes, um, hosting it through anchor and anchor is the one who really does all the work of pushing it to those different platforms. Uh, so you can find it on your favorite podcast catcher wherever. And I have all the episodes on here. Uh, I will be changing it up a little bit. Basically, I just put a little bit of intro music and extra music on it and threw up the audio. Uh, in the future, I might change that into making it a little bit different than the live show uh, here on YouTube. But uh, I just want to say, hey, hey, you know what? If you are listening to this podcast right now, because you might be from the future, and you're listening to the podcast, I'm glad that you found this show through the podcast. Think about coming over here on YouTube and checking out the video as well sometime. Uh, and if you are watching the video, go over and like the the podcast, you know, give a, give a rating. Those things help, I hear. I don't know. Just, you know, whatever platform you use and support me. Support me by going over and uh, showing some love on whatever kind of platform that you're going. Jeffrey's saying, I love podcasts. I do too, man. When I'm doing the dishes, when I'm just hanging out around the house, when I'm driving my car, pretty much anywhere I'm listening to podcasts. I listen to a ton of them. Uh, so this, that's, you know, this is for you. If, if you're one of those people who really love podcasts and don't have the time to like sit and like watch a video, or maybe you're concerned about battery and you're like, ah, I don't need to be seeing what's going on. Well, that's what the podcast is for. All right. Uh, so what else do I got? Oh, I got one more thing before we get into church shopping. Now, this is something that actually really ticked me off. And, uh, you know, I did a video. Um, I did a live show about it maybe like two months ago, I think, when I was talking about uh, there, there was that Desiring God article from, um, you know, Piper's ministry. Uh, and it was all about like the ugliness and how, whenever we see ugliness and even disability, we should be reminded of sin basically, which is a pretty terrible take for anyone who, uh, is ugly <laughs> and, uh, maybe has a disability or has some kind of, uh, uh, mental thing going on, uh, some kind of diverse, um, kind of mental capacity. It's, it's a hard conversation to have, uh, but there was that horrible take taken by Desiring God, and I talked about that a while ago, and how, um, you know, for me personally, I have a son who's autistic, and uh, it's a big aspect of who he is, uh, and it's not an illness, it's not, you know, something that needs to be treated, and unfortunately, when it comes to the church, um, the church hasn't really done a great job when it comes to these, these types of issues. Uh, so there was a video that's going around right now. And, you know, I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about this guy other than he's like the crazy wackadoo who's going around and spouting all kinds of conspiracies and saying pretty awful things, but I did see it. And, uh, I, I just want to show it because it's not just this guy. It's not just this guy that's saying it. There, there are a bunch of others, and I'll talk about it in a minute. Here's what he had to say. Do not, do not jump up right now and rebuke me for what I'm about to say. On three occasions, we're going to go through all of them, not today, thank God. On three <laughs> occasions, kids were brought to Jesus. Not of their own will, of their own volition, but by their parents. Okay. That had epileptic fits. Anger issues, outbursts of emotion. And because we've called it possession, here we go. Parents refuse to deal with it. Are you telling me my kid's possessed? No, I'm telling you, your kid could be demonized and attacked, but your doctor calls it autism. Oh boy. Oh boy. I don't care if you stand or not. I See don't what care I mean? if you leave or not. 
I'm telling you, there's deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ for your children and their children's children. There's deliverance in that. That's not what deliverance no means. Such diagnosis in the Bible. Jesus cast out that oppressing spirit and the child was made whole that very hour, the Bible said. That very hour. Mm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, Greg Locke. He's a pastor that, you know, at least he's got a big following on Twitter and everywhere else. I think actually he recently got banned from Twitter. But he's got a big following and people listen to him. And basically what he's saying here is autism is some kind of demonic oppression uh, and that it's, you know, something that needs to be healed. That it's uh, not something that is like, you know, human. Uh, that's, that's basically what he's saying because you're saying that it's coming from an outside force. And the outside force is, at least according to him, uh, this kind of demonic oppression. So you're saying that autism is satanic and so anyone who is autistic is then you know really being oppressed and that's not who they really are and they need to be set free from jesus and all of that now uh you might be like well dean that guy's a psycho that guy's a psycho it doesn't matter why are you showing me a clip from from a guy who you know goes up there and probably has some weird stuff going on with like snakes and stuff on stage like that kind of stuff like he's he's way out there why are you showing me this the reason why i'm showing you this is because he's screaming and this is what i tweeted last night he's screaming the things that have been whispered to me about my son he's he's yelling it and yeah it's hate speech uh it's christianese hate speech but he's saying that anyone who is autistic is really, you know, either possessed or oppressed uh, by satanic forces. So, yeah, that's hate speech. Uh, so he's he's yelling it. But I've heard those exact same things from good people, from nice people, you know, in way different tones than that guy. But the same ideology, the same kind of, oh, it's it's an illness uh, it's, you know, that he just needs to be healed from, uh, and he just, you know, if you, if you just trust in Jesus and pray, you know, that he'll be okay. You know, he, he just really needs Jesus. I've been told that. Well, he needs Jesus. That's true. My son desperately needs Jesus, but in the same way and to the same measure that I desperately need Jesus, that you desperately need Jesus. It's not some kind of, oh, I need this, this healing, this experience from Jesus so that, you know, my kid isn't having epileptic, uh, you know, fits or having these anger problems or able to speak or, you know, whatever that, that kind of, uh, outpouring of, you know, whatever kind of mental, uh, thing that's going on in that person's body. No, you don't need any of that. You need Jesus like any human being needs Jesus because you're created in the image of God. And yes, that that for my son, his autism is a part of him. It's it's the way that God wired his brain. He doesn't need to be healed from that. You know, if we're going to go down that road, then we can we can talk about, you know, what that means for God and the issue of suffering and all those kinds of things. Cuz it's not some demon that's attached to my boy. That's causing him this way. This this is something that God gave him. This is the way God wired his brain. And we look at it as something that, yes, it's different, but he's unique. He's made in the image of God. He's beautiful. And the things that he is able to do, the, the way that he sees the world, yeah, it's different than the way I see the world. And it's different than the way I experience the world and, and am able to communicate my thoughts. Yeah, it might be different. That doesn't make it satanic. That doesn't make it demonic. And so I just wanted to show that a little bit. And I mean, it's foolishness, but you might look at that and say, that's crazy. I've never seen that. If you have someone who's disabled in your life and go to, go to the caregiver of that person, you know, of, of whether it's like some physical 
disablement or it's, you know, some kind of uh, mental divergence, you know, just their, their mind works a little bit differently than uh, the, the typical uh, human being, you know, then, you know, talk to their caregiver and see, you know, if they're a Christian, see if they've ever heard something like that from, you know, the old ladies over at church or the pastor over at church or leadership um, at your church. I guarantee you it's happened. So I wanted to kind of point that out that, yeah, it's hate speech and he's screaming it, but he's screaming what everyone else, not everyone else, I shouldn't say it that way, but what a lot of people are whispering in the pews. So uh, anyways, I just kind of wanted to rant (laughs) about that one for a minute. Uh, So I appreciate you sticking with me on that. Uh, Jeffrey saying amen. I appreciate that, brother. Um, yeah, you could tell I'm a, I'm a little passionate about that. It's, it's pretty personal for me. Uh, but let's, let's hop into, uh, this idea about church shopping. And like I said, you know, maybe, maybe you're going there right now. I mean, with the, the pandemic and, you know, just like whew, the last couple of years, it's just been like a boiling point on so many different issues, whether it's, um, you know, the, the role of government in the life of a Christian or whether it's medical things or whether it's, um, issues related to race or to gender. It just seems like all of these secondary things kind of, uh, are coming at us and like showing their ugly faces and everybody's having to make calls on those things. And so there's a lot of people who are unhappy about their church. Uh, maybe the church that they visited, or maybe they're, um, you know, they were members at, serving at, maybe even on staff at, and just stuff came to the surface, and all of these things that maybe we've never even had to really think through became such big issues in our lives that you needed to walk away from that church. Or maybe there was bad theology that was just, you know, all of a sudden just came to the forefront, and you've had to make a decision. So where do you go? What should you be looking for in a new church? Uh, This is a question that uh, Jay Kim, uh, who wrote a a book that I'm interested in, I haven't read it yet, but it looks good, and I hear great things about, uh, called Analog Church. Um, I I really want to get my hands on that book. Um, But he wrote this book and then posted this article uh, at Christianity Today, and it's how to sh- church shop like the first Christians. So it's interesting because uh, a lot of people just start, you know, shooting off their hip and just saying like, hey, here's some things that I think you should look for in church. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to do that in just a couple minutes. But I do think that this article is a good starting point because he goes back to the word of God, goes back to the early church and says, hey, what did it look like for them to be you know, in community with other believers and be part of the gathering uh, of the local church. Uh, So I think it's a really good article. Uh, And uh, he points out a couple different things from the text. Uh, He says here, first, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of the bread. So basically, he just kind of boils it down uh, from Acts chapter 2, the last few verses after the sermon from Peter, the church is founded, uh, you know, everyone's speaking in tongues, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, what did the church actually do together after there was all these baptisms and all that? Uh, well, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so he kind of breaks these things down and says, these are the things that we need to be concerned about. And if you're looking for a new church, I would say these are like the primary things that you really need to be concerned about. There's a link to this article uh, in the description of this video. I'd encourage you to read the whole thing, Um, specifically like the last half, I think is really good once he starts getting into these things. Um, But he says, you know, that's that's the main thing. They need to be uh, involved with the apostles' teaching, so doctrine, uh, to fellowship, to community, uh, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, all of those things. Second, early Christians had everything in common, uh, and so he, I, I do think he takes a little bit of liberty with this one because like, it's pretty easy from the text that they were talking about like financial things. Um, it was 
you know, people don't like this, but it was kind of a form of communism. Oh no. Oh gasp. Um, but you know, they were all, they were all together there and they needed help. You know, a lot of them were walking away from their jobs. Uh, you know, there, there was a lot of persecution that was going to be coming their way. Uh, so they were kind of holding tight to this community. Uh, so yeah, uh, they had everything in common. Uh, and then, uh, let's see here. Finally, early believers continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So he starts really focusing on some of the attitudes here. So it's a good article. I'd encourage you to check it out. Um, I think that this would be like the starting point uh, of what you need to be considering if you're thinking about uh, going to a new church, uh, what kind of church you should be looking for. Um, but I have some thoughts, some practical thoughts that I think are important as well. Um, because, you know, it's one thing to say, all right, well, these are the things we need to be concerned about. Let's look at the Word of God and see what it says about what looks, you know, what makes a, a healthy church. But, you know, what does that actually look like? And especially today, you know, with different issues that are going on, like what, how does that actually look? Uh, so that's kind of what I want to be talking about for the rest of the show today. Uh, John Adams hopping in. Hey, Dean, hope you're doing well, brother. I am doing well. Uh, I will say, oh, you know, before I before I go on, uh, please be in prayer for my brother. Um, if you're if you're one of the you know people who love to to just be in prayer for people that maybe don't have like the closest connection to, uh, I'd appreciate you praying for. For my family, my brother, uh, he has COVID and uh, has asthma. And last night he was having he was having a lot of issues with his breathing and called nine one one and basically was told, "Hey, the hospitals are pretty overrun here, so uh, you just need to stick tight and um, you know hope that things get a little bit better." So, um, like, I'm doing well, but pray for my brother. Uh, that, and that's obviously affected me, especially after last month, uh, losing my mom and then having my brother very sick with COVID. So be in prayer for him. He's young, he's younger than me. Um, but you never know how this thing is going to affect people. Um, is there any church to look for other than a reformed Baptist? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yes, yes. Cause you know, a lot of a lot of people can't find a Reformed Baptist church, John, especially here in Moose Jaw. Come up and plant with me. I saw that music video. Come on, lead worship up here. All right, uh, just kidding. Uh, I hey, you know, talking about kidding. Uh, just just for all the you know, we have some fun here on the show. I just want to let you know, John, that your video today was so good that you put my almost two year old to sleep, and that's why the show is. A little earlier than usual. <laughs> it was a good video. But as soon as I put it on, he just like drifted. <laughs> and so we, we're doing the show a little bit early and it's it's because of you. But also thanks for putting my kid to sleep. I might try that tonight. You know? He has he has issues sleeping, so maybe maybe it'll work later on too. Uh, let's see here. Jeffrey, I will put your brother on my list and on my church list. Praying is the key to God. I appreciate it. Um, praying man, oops, praying man, we're going through COVID right now too. Last night was rough for us. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. This thing, I just want it to be over. I want it to be over. So many people that I know and care about have COVID right now and it's not good. Uh, that's always the plan. Try to put the people to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, prayers for your brother, 52 churches in 52 weeks, David Boyce. Okay, David, uh, prayers for your brother and family. I appreciate that, guys. I really do. It means a lot to me. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly surprised of like the whole online community and here on YouTube and then over on Twitter when I ask for prayer, people pray, and they really mean it. And it, it means a lot to me, and uh, I know my brother would definitely appreciate it. Um, so let's talk about some things. I've got I've got a list of six um, because I'm not a good Baptist and could couldn't get it down to five, uh, and I couldn't get it up to seven, <laughs> so we're stuck at six uh, of six things that I think you should be looking for when it comes to 
finding a good, healthy church. You know, piggybacking on the idea from that from that article uh, of J. Kim talking about the the apostles in the early church and what that looked like. Um, if if we're going to apply that to today, what does that tangibly look like? For you who might be looking for a new church, or if you're a pastor, some of the things that you need to be concerned about when it comes to visitors coming to your church, here are the six things that I think that you should be looking for. Number one, number one thing I think that you should be looking for when it comes to a new church or a pastor should be concerned about is compassionate leadership. Yeah, probably threw you with that one. You probably thought I was going to go straight to theology. Uh, which we will talk about in a minute. Uh, but I think the number one thing that you need to be concerned about right now is compassionate leadership. We've seen it so often over the last few years of leadership, pastors, elders, however the church is structured. Um, I'll just say, don't go to a church where the deacons are in charge. Just don't. It's It never, it never ends well. <laughs> I'll just say that there's way too much stuff that happens um, when when you have people who aren't qualified to that position of elder ruling over the church, or at least uh, leading the church. It's never going to end well. Um, but when it comes to like the pastor, who is the pastor? What is he like? Who are the elders? What are they like? Are they kind people? Are they? generous people? Are they people who you know right now, if you were going through a hardship, that you could talk to them and you can ask them questions. You can, uh, you know, just be able to be friends with them. That's really important when you're talking about finding a local church. Can you actually be friends with a pastor? Could you see yourself sitting down and having coffee with? Is that person even able to do that? If you're, if you think like, oh, it'd be too hard to, you know, get a hold of this pastor. He doesn't give his cell phone out to the congregation. He's not, you know, going out and having lunch with people. Don't go there. Just don't. I could tell you right now, if, if that pastor is not compassionate toward his sheep, then that is a job for him. That is not a ministry. And he is going to fail you. He's going to hurt you. Um, or the elders are going to hurt and offend you. It's going to happen. Uh, you need a pastor who is going to lovingly care for you, especially right now. You know, I'm talking about, uh, my brother having COVID and, um, you know, uh, all these hardships, uh, John Adams and his family going through it right now. Um, you know, uh, Jeffrey, I'm sick and tired of COVID. I want to eat at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I understand you. There's so many people who have it right now, though. And, uh, you know, with this Omicron and, you know, I don't know, there's probably going to be like a thousand more of these different strands. Uh, so it's probably going to be a bit, Jeffrey. So sorry. Uh, but, you know, we're all going through this. We're all experiencing it. And it's hard. For the last three, like, what is it? 2020, February 2020. So two years. Uh, we have all had death imminent. I mean, think about that. We've been talking about numbers of people who are dying all the time. Like numbers of people in the hospital and the ICU. That's standard conversation. How bad is COVID in your area? Like we're talking about like the immediacy of any one of us, you know, catching this thing, getting really sick, dying, all of that. It's hard. That takes a lot on your mental faculties, you know, like just your emotional well-being right now, your spiritual well-being as well. You know, this is this has been heavy times to quote um, Michael J. Fox. It's heavy. And, and you need someone who can actually walk with you through hardship. And if you don't see that in your pastor or like the church that you're visiting, if it doesn't look like that could be something that would be uh, easy to have of a pastor walking you through that difficult time, don't go there. Um, don't go to don't go to a church where the pastor is a jerk. And sometimes that's really easy to tell, you know, when you're talking to someone and like if you if this you're a visitor, you know, there's I don't know typical congregation. Let's think about it that way, not some huge megachurch, uh, which if you read between the lines of what I've just said, uh, whether you should be going to a megachurch or not, 
you kind of have my thoughts on that. Um, but like, let's just think of a usual church of a hundred people, uh, 120, maybe up to 150. Uh, did that pastor, you know, maybe not the first time. Cause you never know, like the pastor's busy, something going on and, uh, you know, or the pastors, the elders, like no one talks to you because, you know, they have stuff going on and they didn't realize that you were a visitor. That happens. Um, you know, maybe there's sickness going on in his family as well. You know, all that kind of stuff. You don't know, but if you're going there for, you know, a couple times now and the pastor hasn't approached you, I would just say, see ya. <laughs> like you don't need to be going there. There's other churches that you could try. Uh, if the, the pastor is unwilling to come out and be like, Hey, Oh, I saw that you're new. I'd love to get to know you. Maybe, hey, can I uh, have your family over? Can I go have coffee with you? You know, all that kind of stuff. If you can't see that happening with the the pastor or the pastors uh, that are going on, it doesn't have to be the senior pastor, by the way. It could be the associate pastor, worship pastor, some other elder uh, on the elder board. Uh, if you can't see that, though, that there is an elder who already cares for you or is wanting to have a relationship with you, I would say that that's time to start thinking about finding a new place. So compassionate leadership. And I would think that would also involves not just like the welcoming aspect, but you know, are they, are they a good person? Can you like, or are they just like, Hey, uh, I saw that you're a visitor. That's really cool. Where are you from? Okay. Well, I got to go, you know, like cutting out real early or, uh, you know, sometimes you could really tell that someone's like really prideful. Don't go for a prideful pastor. That never ends well. Uh, let's see. John Adams. Hard to shepherd anyone if you're not willing to go eat with them, man. I've seen it too much. Yeah, right right with you. Uh, now, it's not everything, though. I will say that. Like, there are a lot of pastors who, like, they really nail it when it comes to, like, the relational stuff. You know, of, of being able to go and have lunch with somebody or coffee with them or make them feel like they're a friend. There are so many pastors who really get that. And then they like have a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> so it's not everything, but I think it's the most important thing right now in these difficult times that we're all living through um, that you need to really focus on that. I will say, hey, if you're here in the chat, I haven't said this yet, um, you need to like this video. You need to. I'm going to cut off this video. If you don't know, I'm just kidding. Um, but it, it means a lot and it really does help in having other people see it. I used to like really question that. Um, but I've noticed that the more likes I get early on in, in a live stream, the, the better it does for getting out to just a few more people and every person counts. So, uh, if you haven't liked it already hit that like button or, um, if you haven't subscribed also, you know, definitely think about those things too. But usually when I'm live streaming and you guys are here, you, you already know all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jeffrey, I talked everyone before and after the service when I am busy or not. Yeah, man, that's the right way to go. You want to talk, uh, especially to visitors, but you know, also don't, you know, look past the, the normal congregants. You don't know what week they've had and you need to find out as a pastor to be able to shepherd them for sure. So first thing, compassionate leadership. Uh, the second thing that I would say that you need to really be concerned about when it comes to finding a new church or that you need to make sure that you're putting it out there, uh, to the people who are looking for that new church and they're visiting your church is robust theology. Not just good theology. Obviously, that's important. You need to be able to agree with that church and uh, someone who's looking at your church. They need to know what you believe uh, and know that it's biblical. Uh, but is it robust? What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, is it something that's so out there and concrete? You know, not just wishy-washy, this, you know, we're, we're kind of Calvinistic, you know, just to throw out an example of some secondary kind of issue of like predestination and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, John was talking about being Reformed Baptist. Does, does your church like say that a lot? You know, is that something like it's, it's, it's a little bit of marketing, you know, as far as like the pastor's angle, uh, that you are marketing that this is, this is who we are. Uh, we're not shy about it. This is where we stand on these issues. Uh, but you need to be finding, I'm going to block that one, ban that. Sorry, Barry. Uh, 
I don't accept links in the the uh, comments or uh, well in the comments as well, but especially in the chat because usually it's bad stuff. I was watching a chat of some people talking about Bill C four uh, a while back, and it was just like a whole bunch of like really gross links on the side, and like the guys just like didn't know. I don't think they knew how to stop that, <laughs> but not on this stream. <laughs> but um, yeah. But anyways, um, does does your church kind of just say that to everyone? This is where we stand on things. And for looking for a new church, you want to find a church that knows who they are, that knows their theology and is willing to say, this is where we stand on these issues. And sometimes that means having a stand on controversial issues. If we've seen anything the past two years, we've seen that there's controversy and it's it's important to know where churches stand when it comes to controversial topics and especially issues of theology that are highly debatable. Um, you know, not in a prideful way. That's just like if you have a church and they're always talking about Calvinism and they don't talk about the gospel, or as I've seen before, pastors getting up on stage and saying that Calvinism is the gospel. Um, that's not good either. <laughs> But uh, you want a church that's going to actually be robust in their theology, know what they're they're believing, and are willing to tell you. You know, you don't want to go to a church that, uh, like, their doctrinal statement is just a bunch of scripture verses. And if that's your church and you're a pastor, and you're like, uh, our doctrinal statement only has like a couple sentences and a couple verses. You need to get together with the other elders or whoever. And really dial that in because people should be able to know right away what you believe. That should not be the hard part about finding a new church is figuring out what they believe about certain subjects. You should be able to have that readily available um, for any visitor. And also you should be able to answer questions. Maybe even think about, think about having some kind of thing. Maybe you don't have to put it online. Okay. Um, but think about having like a frequently asked questions kind of brochure, if you will, that you give out to visitors about where you stand on crucial issues, issues that you think they'll care about. I think that'll make a big difference. If that was something that I was looking for, you know, looking for a new church and they told me exactly what they believed, And I'm like, Hey, I agree with this. Guess what? That, that does a whole lot for me being into that church and thinking this might be uh, a place for me to call my home. Uh, David Boyce again, think that's very true with compassionate leadership. Church I go to now, pastor is always open for coffee, makes it so relatable. Absolutely, man. It's a, it's a big deal to have a pastor who cares for you. You could overlook a lot in a church, a lot, and I have. <laughs> Uh, you could overlook a lot in a church if that pastor is, uh, you know, willing to be like a good, compassionate leader to you. You can overlook a lot. So compassionate leadership, number one, robust theology, number two. And I would say number three would be thoughtful worship. Uh, you know, not talking about the music, guys. You know, like I don't really care. I could, I could go to a church and pastor a church that has drums on the stage and has a rock band every Sunday. I could go to a church and pastor a church that's only hymns. But is that worship thought out or is it winging it? Because that's a big deal. If you're going to be so flippant when it comes to the worship experience of your congregants, uh, that is a big problem. Or if as a pastor you are just letting you know someone else be in charge of most of the worship service and you're just in charge of preaching i would say that's also a huge problem and if you're looking for a church you want to find a church where the elders oversee worship and they think it out you know are these scripture passages related to what's going to be happening during the preaching event are these songs just songs that people like or is there good theology attached to it are they thinking through you know what you know we're we're dealing with right now uh different things like when there's something that's really important and big that happens in your community is your church talking about it 
during the worship experience, maybe during the sermon, um, maybe during, you know, songs of, hey, you know, we've, if there's a tornado, just as, you know, just one thing, if there's a tornado in, in your town and on Sunday, you wouldn't even know that that's a problem. <laughs> like that just means that you don't care about the community, uh, that you don't care about what people are really experiencing. So when there's like big issues, they need to be talked about from the stage during worship time. And that's part of uh, pastoral leadership, uh, being able to walk people through difficult times. But I think that that's just one example. But there's so many times where you could just tell that nobody knew what was going on, that um, you know people are scrambling. And what that means is that they aren't taking care of worship. Uh, there's, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes, um, oh, I'm forgetting exactly what it is. Maybe, maybe it's in Proverbs. Samuel wrote it and he was talking about like, uh, basically like when you go into worship, like when your foot hits the temple that you need to be thinking through what's going on because it is serious. And I think that pastors need to make sure that what is happening during the, the worship service, whether that's in the morning, in the evening, that that's been thought through, that you've prayed over it, that you've made sure that this is going to be as helpful as possible for your congregation. And so someone who's going to be visiting, you need to be looking for that and saying, like, are they actually thinking through this worship? Are they letting songs that have really bad theology? And this happens at good churches, right? Good churches, uh, where like, there's just a song and it's terrible and it has really bad theology and it's like heretical, like some of this Bethel music stuff. I'm not sure where you stand on Bethel, but there's some of these songs that it's just like, like there's, there's one, like your blood flows through my veins. It's like the lyric that I heard in a worship experience. And, and I was like, wait, what we're talking about Jesus, his blood runs through my veins. Like, no, first I'm adopted, <laughs> like I'm adopted into the family of God. Second, like, no, because <laughs> like <laughs> just so many reasons that's, it's so wrong for so many reasons, but like this church that was pretty decent, uh, had this going on in their worship because they weren't thinking through the songs. I think maybe, maybe they do agree with it. I would, I would imagine that they don't, but, um, you know, as a, someone who's visiting, that was a big deal. Uh, and so you need to be looking for those things. Is there good theology in your songs or is there something just getting through because you haven't paid attention and like visitors, they're going to see that. And you should be looking for that. If you're a visitor, uh, Jeffrey, my father and I went to our first church. Uh, my father and I went to our first church. I was 20 years old. We met the pastor, I got saved, and we had coffee. Don't try his coffee, <laughs> lol. Uh, awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that. John, uh, during musical worship, it's the second most prominent place where people learn their theology. So it's essential that the worship service is well thought through and also prayed over for the plan. Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, man, I don't play any Bethel, and I really try to stay away from elevation too much garbage. Um, yeah, at least with Bethel, I'd have to agree with you. I don't really know elevation. Oh, that's not really my scene, man. Uh, but, uh, from what I hear and at least speaking for the, the pastor <laughs> at elevation church, I probably wouldn't want any of that in uh, worship experience that I was, uh, in charge over. Uh, so yeah, just be thinking about that thoughtful worship. Uh, that's what you should be looking for. Fourth, excited community. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that people should be excited about going to church. If you're going to a church and you don't even know if people like being there, like don't go there because <laughs> they, they probably don't. <laughs> it's they, they probably aren't wanting to be there. Maybe they feel pressured. Maybe it's family stuff, you know, expectations, all those kind of things. You never know exactly why people are at a certain church unless they tell you. And if people are telling you like, oh, 
you know, you'll like this church. You know, you've been here a few times and, you know, maybe you're getting together with someone like having them over or, or they're having you over and they're talking about, yeah, this church, it's really great. We're so excited to be a part of this church. We we love the vision that the pastor has for uh, reaching out to the congregation. The elders are so kind and generous, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Then like that's probably a great community to be a part of, uh, but if you're going to a church and like the past, like the the people are, one they're not approaching you, so you know that they're not excited because they're not excited that visitors are coming, uh, or you know you're talking to them and they're just kind of like, yeah, we've been going here for like a, I don't know what has it been, honey, like two, eight years, it's been eight years, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Like you're like okay, uh, I can see that they're not, they're not wanting to really like look to the future and be a part of like the solution in that church. You know, it's not just like are there young people? That's like a thing that is always talked about. You know, are there young people? Are they moving forward? Are they missional? Like those things can be great, and sometimes it's a good indicator of whether it's a good healthy church or not. But are the people who are there excited? Uh, I went to a church a while back, and it was all old people. All old people. But there was one guy who was so kind, and he was excited about his church, and he was just talking about, you know, like, hey, yeah, you know, we don't have a lot of young people, but, you know, like all these different things about what they've been trying to do as a church. And it was just somebody in the congregation like we didn't end up going to that church because there were some other things going on, um, but that guy made me think about it. And even though like the preaching wasn't good, the, there was not thoughtful worship going on. <laughs> There's a lot of issues, and there was no one our age, and all those different things. That one guy and his positivity and his like desire to see the church succeed in their mission of reaching people for Jesus and, and, you know, talking honestly about some of the things that were going on, but he was still excited about the community that he had at that church. That one guy made me think about it. And that, that makes a big difference. If you could find one friend, like this is the biggest pull that a church can have. If you can have friends in that congregation and it doesn't have to be a ton of friends. If you can find one to maybe three friends in that church, you're going to probably stay. Uh, so if you're excited about your community there at the church, other people will be excited to join that community. So as pastors, you know, is it a community to be excited about? And if it is, talk about it. And if it is, talk to your people and say, hey, share that excitement with people because that makes a big difference. Not in a you know, blowing smoke up people's butts and pretending like, oh, this is a great church. And you're just like, well, we had a church split like six months ago. Uh, you know, like if you're hiding like that kind of stuff, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you are having good community at your church, tell those visitors, let them know that you can also find good community at this church. And it could start with me. It could start with whoever's talking. Uh, so I would say that, uh, excited community would be a huge aspect of what you need to be looking for uh, in a good, healthy church. John, hopping in here again. Give me that Dustin Kensrue all day. Yeah, that's that's more my style. <laughs> but um, yeah, not not the not the Bethel, not the Elevation stuff. More of him, and you know, like there's a reason why I talked about Marcel a lot. Like Marcel, that rainy day hymnal. Back in the day, if anyone remembers that, that's my jam. Um, all right. Meaningful worship or thoughtful worship, excited community. Number five, welcoming opportunities. Here's, here's what you need to do uh, as someone who's looking for a church. You need to look and see where do I fit? Where do I fit? What can I do in this church? Are there things like maybe in my past, I've been really involved in worship. Well, is it just one person up there who's leading the worship and they don't do anything else? Like they don't have a worship band. Uh, they don't, they don't have people that switch out and you're thinking like, ah, oh, 
I would love to use my gifts. God's gifted me for music, and like I want to be involved in, in a worship team, but this church doesn't have one. Well, if you're talking to like the pastor and he's like, hey, no, you know, Myrtle's been up there on the piano since 1974. And, uh, you know, we tried having another piano player, um, you know, in the late 90s and we split the church over it, <laughs> you know, like that, that kind of stuff. Like that's not going to be a good fit for you. If you can't use your spiritual gifts, um, the, the ways that God has gifted you, if you can't be fitting into a local church, it's not going to be a good place for you. You need to serve. That's that's part of the whole idea about being in community at a local church. Uh, being part of that community is serving the local church. And it might not be the, you know, maybe, maybe you taught Sunday school or you've been a pastor like me. Um, and you're looking at a church and you're like, well, I don't know if I can teach Sunday school right off the bat. Well, you know, hold off. You don't know. Uh, maybe talk with the pastor and say, Hey, you know, in the future, I'd love to do this and see what they think about the future. And if there's opportunity in the future, that's fine. If you can be able to use your gifts in other ways. Um, but you need to be looking for those opportunities. And if, if like the leadership positions, this is one thing I'll say, you know, if you're a leader, you know, you're, you, you've been an elder, you've been a deacon, uh, one of those kinds of things. And you can see like, they've had the same deacons since 1965, <laughs> you know, uh, like some, some far back time and they, they don't ever switch out. There's no rotation on the elder board, on the deacon board. And the leadership is kind of like really like just hogged and protected I can tell you right now that there are issues with the pastoral leadership there. You know, if, if all the leadership positions never change and uh, they are not welcoming to new voices in that leadership and they're not trying to raise up leaders to, to come in and be, you know, part of that leadership, well, that, that's probably a kingdom that's being built by a pretty weak man behind the pulpit and doesn't want to have anyone confront him on ideas. So don't go to that church. Um, so if you're a leader and you're like looking at opportunities, where can I lead, you know, and you just see like, that's never going to be a possibility at that church. Don't go there. Uh, if you're involved in worship and you see, you know, there's no opportunities for worship here at this church, uh, for me to serve in that way, don't go there. Um, you know, there, there are so many reasons. I will say this, this is something that no pastor wants you to, to hear. Um, but there are so many reasons to not go to a church. <laughs> <laughs> there just is, um, you know, you, you don't have to go to a certain church, uh, just because they preach the gospel. You don't Now, If they preach the gospel, that's, that's a really, really big first step in knowing whether it's the right church to go to, but you don't have to go to that church just because they preach the gospel. There are plenty of churches that preach the gospel and some might be a better fit than others. So I'm just saying that, uh, but look for those opportunities. I will say that also means looking for opportunities for people in your family. Now, this is when it comes to the, the really hard thing of like, are there people your age? Are there people who are your age or your kid's age? That's so important. I've seen families derailed because they, they went to churches where like there just weren't any teens. And there were no good influences for their kids. Um, now that there's that's simplistic, maybe there were probably a bunch of other fa uh, factors going in, but that doesn't help. So if you're concerned about your kids and like they they are having issues, maybe they're starting to act out. They're teenagers and they're starting to act out, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to this church that has all old people because they fit on these other things, and you're not thinking about your kids and like the influences that they could have if they were around other Christian teens, that's just not good parenting. That's not a good decision. You need to be thinking about that. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to go to the church that has the best youth facility and, you know, they have hundreds of, uh, of teenagers and they're all on fire for Jesus, you know, like all that. Well, probably they're just there because their parents dragged them there. It happens. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been the youth pastor when I know that the parents are dragging their kids to church. It does happen. So like, 
just be thinking about all these kinds of things. Opportunities for you to use your spiritual gifts, opportunities for your family to fit in into the community of the local church. Those are things you need to be concerned about. And uh, the last thing I'll say, and it's big, it's not necessarily like this is the most important, this is the second most important, like that kind of a deal. Uh, But your church that you are looking at as, you know, is this a healthy church? Is this a church where I need to be at? Are they thinking about the future? Are they focused on having a goal and achieving that goal? Why are they existing? My point. That's that's really my point. You know, if we're not thinking about reaching people for the gospel's sake and, and advancing the kingdom of Jesus, um, then what's the point? You know, there's so many churches that are just like, they're just trying to survive. They're just trying to survive and to hold on. And they're always talking about, you know, 1984 was a great year for us. Remember, we had 100 kids at VBS. You know, like they're just really focused on the past and they're not thinking about the future. They're not trying to do anything new in the community to see a goal achieved. Uh, They're just kind of trying to like make sure that the lights stay on and, you know, that that ministry continues because, you know, Aunt Beth went here for decades, and we we would just feel so bad if this church closed its doors. Some churches need to close their doors. That's just facts. Some churches have a season. You know, like these churches that celebrate like 200 years of ministry. How often do you hear that? Unless you're on like the East Coast where, you know, someone just came to the Americas and founded a church and somehow that church survived. You're not thinking about it that way. Churches come and churches go. Like it happens. Don't go to a church that's just like holding on to survive and they're not doing anything in the community. They're not trying to uh, reach people for Jesus. They're just focused on, you know, we got these 36 same people and they come here. I'm not saying like if there's a small church, Lord knows, you know, I'm planting a church. It's going to be real small. It's a house church. (laughs) So it's going to be real small. So I don't have anything against small churches, but if you go to a small church that's just small because they just they're just not thinking about the future, they're not trying to do anything, they're just existing. That's not a good reason to go to that church just to keep that church open. You need to be thinking about a church that's trying to do something in the community that is striving to please Jesus, not just in staying open and gathering together, but in advancing the mission. A missional church. That is important. Uh, let's see here. Don, thanks for these suggestions, Dean. These are unique and different from what I usually see suggested. Hubby and I have been looking for a while and have become really discouraged, hoping these will help. Well, Don, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're, um, you know, maybe I'm giving you a few new things to be thinking about, and you are definitely one of the people uh, that have asked me in the last couple months about making something, talking about uh, what to look for in a new church. So I definitely had you and your family in mind uh, and wanted to give you something a little bit different, you know, because you can go and you can read like these that article from J. Kim in Christianity Today and you can see those things and that's it's good. It's good stuff. But there are some other things that you need to be considering. And for you guys who are in ministry and are watching this, some things that we all need to be considering about what we're putting out there for visitors and what they can see. And, you know, it's not like we're trying to hide, you know, different things or like blemishes in the church and trying to cover it up and all that. But we're trying to get what's good about our church and make that the forefront and and show them what, what they could have if they were to continue uh, coming to church, not in an attractional way, not in a way that's like hiding, you know, theology or or preaching or anything like that but saying hey this is what we're about and we think that it would be great if you were to join us in uh, pursuing this mission this vision that we have uh, of whatever that might be maybe your church is really involved in soup kitchens in your city 
that's a great thing. That's a good ministry or prison ministries or uh, really involved with the youth and they have a rec center. And, you know, there needs to be those kinds of things for you to be able to tell your congregation and visitors, this is what we're about. This is how we're making disciples. Uh, not just, hey, we're all about disciple making at our church. How do you do it? Uh, uh, we have a Bible study on Saturday mornings. That's not good enough. You need to be thinking about, all right, here's what we do. Now, I'm not advocating that you have to have programs. I'm just saying, like, there needs to be, like, feet moving to these missions that we have. It can't just be missions in our heads. It needs to be actually moving uh, intangible in this world. What are we trying to do in this community? Because there's a lot of churches and a lot of communities, and you're just thinking, you know, there's... Like even in my town, in my town, even though I would say that there's not uh, a solid reformed church, definitely not a solid reformed church. I could say that very safely. Uh, but, you know, whether you, <laughs> depending on how far you go with uh, charismatic ideas, uh, you know, whether uh, there's a gospel preaching church, debatable, uh, in my city. And so that's why we're planting a church. Uh, but, you know, there are lots of churches in my city still, and lots of people trying to make decisions about what church to go to. And some of those decisions are going to be based off of bad things. Some of them are going to be good things. And we need to be able to communicate the good things about whatever church you're going to, to be able to say, this is what we're about. Uh, David Boyce, biggest mistake many churches miss is on a lack of follow-up when getting contact info from newcomers. Would you go on a second date with a person who doesn't message you back? So many do nothing. Yeah, that's interesting, David. I would like to hear also, you know, I got a little bit of, a little bit of time here. Um, started early, so don't have to leave <laughs> as late. But uh, if you have ideas, other ideas about what people should be looking for, like we have Don here, um, not to just constantly point at her, uh, but Don here is looking for a church. What are some of the things that she should be thinking about? Maybe you guys have some ideas as well. Um, but with this, David Boyce says, uh, you know, basically follow up. You need to be following up with people. I would agree. Um, I will just say for me, for me personally, my contact info is precious and I ain't giving it. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm not giving it to a church that I've attended once or maybe even twice. Just not going to. I'm a private person. I know I'm putting myself out there on the internet. Uh, but when it comes to ways that people can contact me, I'm very private. This is important to me. My cell phone number, that is super crucial to me. And I don't want anybody to have it that doesn't need it. Or my personal email, I got attached. Uh, to like a group email chain just a little while ago and they're good people but i gotta say i was not happy that people didn't ask me to be a part of it they just gave out my email to strangers you know that's personal for me um so i would say don't be overbearing i'm, I'm not saying that you are david um, but churches can be overbearing about like, Hey, you know, if you're a visitor here and we just want you to fill out that contact card and they say that at the beginning of the service, they say it, you know, right after the songs, they say it after, you know, praying for the offering, you know, they say it right before you leave like eight or nine times throughout the day. If people are at the door, Hey, you're a visitor, fill out the contact info. Like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You'll scare people off or at least, you would scare me off. I'll just say that. Maybe other people aren't as paranoid about their information getting out there uh, and they're fine with it. But if you do get that contact info, I think David is right, that you do need to be using it to contact them. You know, not a bunch, just send them an email. Send them an email from the pastor saying like, hey, I was so glad that you were there and say something personal. Um, you know, not, not in a shrewd way of like, these are the tips to like, make sure people come back. But if you care about that person, let them know. <laughs> like if they were saying like, yeah, we've been in town we just haven't been able to find a church and it's just been really hard, you know, just let them know, Hey, I've been praying for you that you would find like that church that you're looking for. And I know it's been a rough season for you. You know, like that, that kind of stuff goes a long ways and it's real because you're really believing that and you're feeling that, uh, and you're letting them know that, uh, and that makes a big difference.
Uh, any other thoughts from you guys on uh, this idea of uh, finding a new church? Um, it's it's hard. I will say that it's really hard. Uh, some communities don't have a, a good gospel preaching church. Um, you know where you could actually be a member at. Now I will say this: if you can't be a member at a church, I don't think you should go to that church. I don't think so. Like so, as me as Baptist. If there is a Presbyterian church, you know, uh, that I liked a lot of the other things that was going on, but, you know, the issue of uh, credo baptism, believing that you must believe in Jesus first before being baptized, and, you know, infant baptism being on the other angle of this, um, that would stop me from, from going to that church. And I would need to find a church that would be the same belief, that credo baptism. Uh, that's a big deal. If you can't see yourself becoming a member, if there's so much theologically that's holding you back, even though you like all the other things, but if there's so much holding you back that you couldn't be a member there, I would say, don't go there. Find another church. Um, let's see. Uh, David Boyce, best follow-up is a handwritten letter from pastors within the same week. Contact info is extremely personal. So if a church doesn't do anything with it, it uh, communicates you don't care. Those are really good points. Handwritten letter goes a long ways. Um, and, you know, you're talking about like the personal thing uh, with contact info. Uh, maybe that's something you could say from the stage too. You know, like if you're here and you're a visitor, you know, you know, you could say that once. I'm not saying like you can never say that. Uh, just don't do it a whole bunch. But uh, if you're up there and you're saying it, um, you know, let them know what you do with that contact info. You know, we just want to send you a letter, let you know that we appreciate you worshiping with us today. And, uh, you know, something about how uh, that contact info will be deleted um, you know, after six months, I don't know. I don't know that you just like something about what you do with it would maybe help people like me. Uh, but again, I'm paranoid. So there's that. All right. Uh, I don't see anything else hopping in here. So I'm going to end the stream before I do just once again, uh, if you're here, uh, maybe you're, you're watching on the, the replay too. uh, hit that like button. Uh, means, means the world to me to see, you know, some of these guys, uh, I see have videos that get, you know, fewer views than me and, uh, but they have way more likes and I'm just like, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> so it would help me out to know I'm not doing anything wrong, uh, that you guys like what I'm doing. Uh, cause I can, I can see it. I can see like the counter and it says, oh, they, they do like what I'm doing. Uh, so hit that like button if you haven't done it already and think about subscribing to the channel. If maybe this is the first video that you've seen, I don't know how you stuck through, you know, what are we at? an hour and 10 minutes. If, if you stuck through an hour and 10 minutes and you haven't subscribed, I don't know what to do for you, but I appreciate you watching, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, also just, uh, going to say it one more time here, uh, that we do have a podcast. I do have a podcast version of the show. Now, uh, I'll probably have it go live for this one, probably tomorrow. And so I think that's what I'm going to do is on Mondays, we do Theo live. And then on Tuesday, the podcast goes up. So if you want to listen to it that way, go and do that. And I will say, Hey, if you guys are supporters of me and you really like what I'm doing here, um, maybe go on to like that podcast platform. It'll be out on a bunch of them in time. I just finished putting these things up, uh, this weekend. Um, but go on to your favorite podcast catcher and, um, you know, write a review, give it a like, whatever way that you can say, I like this kind of stuff. Even if you're not going to listen to it, I would really appreciate that. So anyways, uh, do all the things and live your best life. And I will probably see you later on in the week. I'm sure that there's going to be something else that comes up that I'll be wanting to talk about. So I'll see you then.